Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Look out. It's a films to be buried with Rewind Classic. Hello everyone, I hope you're well. This is Brett Goldstein. For those of you who've been listening the last few weeks, this will be the last Rewind Classic episode while I concentrate on filming. And then next week, we're going to have a brand new episode. So thank you for bearing with me. But this week, we've got an all-time classic episode with Jamie Demetrio. Now, if you haven't heard this one, fuck, it's a funny one. We recorded this one so long ago, three years ago. We were but children. And it is really worth a revisit. Jamie Demetrio is so fucking funny. Ah, oh, we recorded this in person. This is when they used to happen in person. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember back in the day when we could meet up? Do you remember that? Anyway, have a listen to this. If you want all the extra stuff that you get with the podcast, the videos, the extra questions, the secrets, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for all that stuff for nearly all of the episodes. Otherwise, I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you for bearing with me on this. And hope you're all well. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good life. And I very much hope you enjoy this Films to be Buried with Rewind Classic. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein and I am your host. I'm joined today by an incredible guest. He is an actor, a writer, a sketch comedian, a singer, a bad estate agent, fictional, and a Channel 4 sitcom superstar. Please welcome to the show the one and only Mr. Jamie Dimitri. Sitcom superstar was... Here he is. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for saying I'm a sitcom superstar. You are. You forgot to mention uh, Brett Goldstein... Sort of equal. Precursing lookalike? Well, lookalike, yeah. yeah. Equal sound of equal makes me think I'm equal, as good I'm, as you. No, equal, not. I'm absolutely flattered to no, be. No, no, no. Well, maybe Brett Goldstein wishes he was. I wish I was a Brett. I wish I were Jamie Dimitri. Well, then, comes and that's it. how we equal out. <laughs> I, feel, I keep forgetting which one I am. Yeah. <laughs> 
We do have a similar look, if I may. Yeah, just ambiguous. Yeah, Europe. where are they from? Yeah. What's wrong with them? And are we safe with them? <laughs> I think I'm on it. the lower end. I think if, if people were to be like, what's the difference between the two of them? They'd be like, I don't want to be mean about Jamie, but Brett is... And you know where that sentence goes. I think the end of that Brett sentence... Is, Jamie's the one I feel safer alone in a room with. <laughs> God. I was going to say Brett can wear a leather jacket. Exactly. And Jamie can't. <laughs> you got... <laughs> I, I wouldn't look confident in a leather jacket in the way you do. I feel like your right. leather jacket grew out of, of me. Out of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's made of my own skin. Yeah. yeah. It started at your cuffs and it sort of grew back onto your body. Yeah. You shaved a leather jacket off someone else and then put it on and then felt weird in it. Yeah. yeah exactly that. Okay. Thanks for coming to uh, my place. Love, Very nice love this come podcast, this mate. Nice of you to say so. I love your sitcom, Stath Let's Flats. Yeah, a good title for a sitcom, that. It's very funny. Proper, like, joke jokes, character funny, 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 funny. Thanks, man. Made me laugh, and I was on my own and laughed. And that's powerful stuff. Oh, really? That's yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, I always feel like I'm going mad when I'm on my own and I'm laughing. I don't think I do do that that often. Yeah, it is actually rare to laugh alone in your house. I'll occasionally do one big clap <laughs> with a very straight face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I do. I really appreciate that. Thanks very much, mate. It was very hard. And I was very sad for a long time writing it. Right. That's that's comedy. That's comedy. Did you feel any joy during the production? Shooting with with six of the best weeks I've ever had. And I've had shit loads. You've had some good weeks. I've seen your Instagram. Oh, not good weeks, just weeks. Oh, right. The good ones are few and far, but yeah, shooting it was amazing and weirdly made it feel worth, did it make it feel worthwhile? I don't know if five and a half years of misery, if six weeks can make that worthwhile. I did, uh, 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 <laughs> when we made Super Bowl, that was basically five, five years altogether yeah. and, and the shoot was the best time of my life, but the shoot was 18 days. So it was 18 right. days out of five years and you think, is that balance right, that ratio? Right. And is the euphoria coming from the fact that you know you're nearing the end of the horrible time? It's because it's the closest time to the end of making it. <laughs> no, well, I think it's because you're finally fucking doing this thing that you've been trying to do forever and you never... Right. I certainly think with, you must have had this. If you were five years in development with that, mm. just so many times of like, well, this is never going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, this I wrote it off after a happen. year and a half. When you really think about it, it does make the joy of doing it irrelevant when you're like, well, I need to not do that again. Be miserable for that long. No way. What, for six weeks of happiness? No. Yeah. Like, I've got a film in very, very early development. Mm-hmm. Out in 2023? Oh, my God. Like, in my head, I have... Well, I started staff when I was 24, mm-hmm. and I wrapped two days before I was 30. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. And so I started properly thinking about doing this film and talking to you know people who can make it around 30 and i'm thinking realistically if i set my sights any sooner than 40 i'm gonna be very upset i think for i think i'll be 40 when i make it and the character won't work anymore i'd love to reassure you that that's not the case but i think that's a reasonable way yeah i think i think 10 year (laughs) (laughs) i think 10 year i've made i made a short film of it and that is enough for me is that the car you and you yes yeah great short film thanks man Available on Sky Arts. It's actually on YouTube. Thanks Available guys. on YouTube. I went to look at a camera, but there isn't one. But there is one. There is one. Brett's filming me. <laughs> Didn't tell him that. He's just yeah. seen the camera. Yeah. He's always filming. The little teddy bear eye. <laughs> uh, and you are, you can say this now, I believe this will come out after you've announced it. You're making a series two. S2. Which will S-L-F. be less than five years in the making. 
Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's been a nice process knowing that it's nearby. But it's also worrying. So it's like, does it? You know, if anyone liked it, did they like it because it took five and a half years <laughs> yeah, to make? Because of all the suffering, right? I mean, yeah. it's like the second album thing. Are there are there any? There are loads of second albums that are better than the first one, aren't there? Are there what's a good second series? I think most sitcoms second series is the best series. Really? Yeah, because the hardest thing is building your world. And you built your world. Yeah. And then second series is like, oh, we've got the world. Now we can play with the characters right. and have some fun. And then after that, it becomes two-dimensional and it always loses its way. But second series right, is yeah. strong. Parks and Rec, I think, three and four, pretty good. Yeah. Two, three, four are good. Red Dwarf, first series, finding its feet. Second series. It's not a reference confident. I would jump to. I don't really. I'm not a dwarf guy. <laughs> I trying to think of sitcoms that were funny. Wait, wait. The Office, I think... They're evenly good. Yeah, that's true. Partridge, right? I'm Alan Partridge, which I guess you can't really call series one and two because so much has gone before. Mm -hmm. But I think that they're equally good. But I only found out like a couple of years ago that the general consensus, I think among the people who made it as well, is that they shouldn't have done a second series. Oh, really? Which I find very weird because I think a lot of the best stuff is in series two. Yeah. And that's films for you. And, that's, and this is a chat about films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you're making stuff, stuff like yes, last two, but in, in, in a fifth of the time you made the last series. Yeah. So it will be rushed and yeah. on the cuff. And it will, we're Off looking for it to be bad, but not shit. Yeah. Just like crap. Great. If it's just crap. I mean, I have no sense. Do you have no more good. confidence in it now? Now you've less. really got less confidence. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I'm basically as confident as... I am near to the last person who complimented it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you were just quite nice about it. Yeah. So I'm, I've boost. got a little spring in my stuff. You see my foot's waggling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pooing on your couch. <laughs> Lovely. But yeah, I'm, my head goes, yeah, there was that bit that you think is really bad. I'll mm. go, yeah, you're right. It was the worst show ever made. <laughs> <laughs> what about that line that you don't like in it? Like, yeah. God, yeah, I forgot. It is. We should burn every copy. Yeah, it? it does stink. I haven't watched it for so long. Did you watch it again to before you started writing, or have you left it? Well, I started writing so soon after oh, okay. after it went out. One more question about the joy of it, please. Which was so minimal uh, when you <laughs> six weeks of shoot was. Everyone fun. involved in it is going to listen to this. I really you loved the shoot. You I, said I, that. I, I, what I will okay positives. Yeah, I love the cast yeah. and the crew and everyone involved in making it, producers, director, so much. I was very, very, very happy that we got to cast the people that we did. Yeah. That is one thing that I stand by with it, is I think it's yeah. got a really good cast. Really I just think good. that everyone is brilliant, and I'm impressed by everyone in it. And it's a proper ensemble. That's the other thing. It's great. Every character is funny. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I, well, yeah, well done them. They, they, they really are in their own right. They're all people that I've just, I just want to see on TV mm. and want to see do stuff and want to see them do the stuff that I've seen them do that they've come up with themselves, like Al Roberts, for example, who plays Al opposite yeah. me, is I saw him in my first year at the Fringe and I oh, really? lost my mind. I thought he was the funniest. He was doing footlights and I thought he was the funniest people I'd ever seen in my life. And I've just mm -hmm. been waiting since to see him in a, a role that I thought was worthy of him. And uh, that's why the character's called Al. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not that I was the person to do it. I just was like, I want, I, I give him a lot. Of, I like him to do his own thing in it. So, yeah. And when it came out, mm. and it did well, I believe, it did well enough to get your second series, right. it? I mean, it, was, it went out during Love Island and the World Cup and the summer. Yes. And as a result, a nose breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think 14 people saw it, 
Yeah. But I only knew like 12 of them. Yeah. There were two strangers and they, yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> I'm stalking them weirdly. <laughs> Tell me what, what other bit did you like? <laughs> yeah. Chasing people off the bus, he'd stop to say hello. Yeah. Did you see all of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. <laughs> Why did you stop watching after yeah. five? I just haven't got round to it. It's on my Skybox. I do get, when people do come up to me, I do get sometimes like, just completely unwelcome. Just like, I saw your show. I saw your show. And you go, oh, yeah. go on. And they go, oh, it grew on me. Oh, God. I like episode four. Oh, God. You're like, all right, thank you. Thanks for sticking with it when you clearly didn't like three of them. Yeah, cheers for... And what was happening when you came up to me there? <laughs> Everyone's just assuming you want to know everything in the world. But it's fine. But the people who have been lovely and are listening to this, thanks so much. It genuinely... Like I said, if someone comes up to me and says they really like it, I get to like it for about 10 minutes. You get to like episode four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and loathe every other one. I'm like, you're right. Every other one... <laughs> Has ruined telly. <laughs> Shit. So you're, you're going to make a film. Do you like films? You're a film guy? Yeah. I think I, I was obsessed growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, big empire collector since yeah. I was like seven. My pocket money might as well have been called Video Viking Money. So I used to go to uh, my video, my local video shop was called Video Viking. And it, would, it was just no question to me that that's what it would be spent on. And I would just hire anything. Yeah. Just, I wanted to see everything. I've watched so much telly. But the more I get into doing it for a living, the less I find it easy to concentrate, especially when watching stuff at home. Like when I go, a lot of the time I'll go to the cinema to unblock writer's block. So I just end up missing the film because I I feel... Because you don't have ideas. Yes, I'll be be watching. It's like, I don't know if you have this, but I find it's so much easier to write or just do anything when I'm not supposed to be doing it. It was like at uni, I could never write an essay. But then if everyone was going on a big night out, I'd be like, I'm going to stay and do this. <laughs> it's like whatever the cheekiest thing you can be doing, I'll my brain will make me do it. You're going out on pills? I've just written an essay, mate. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, fuck, I'm fucked from last night, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of tap, tap, tap. Into <laughs> but no, I, I uh, yeah. So I go to the cinema and I just spend the whole time like, he does let the flat. Which is the outcome of every episode. A lot of people are like, when is he going to let a flat? I'm like, he does. He always does. Because the joke of the show is, you'd be mad to not be able to let a flat because all you have to do is just point at a flat. It's got nothing to do with you. Anyway, I'm not selling that. We're talking films. Yeah. I love films. Yeah. I, I keep a log of every film I see, write every single one down. In, what? I tr- uh, in the back of my diary. Right. Number them. I often talk to people about films. They go, I wish I knew every film I'd ever seen. Yeah. Like, I could list, I wish I knew how many films I'd seen. And I was like, oh, I should start. So, like, six years ago, I started writing every single one down. How many have you watched in the last six years? I tend to see, it's dwindled. This is how I know I, I, I see less. I right. think it was around, I'd see new films, this is. Yeah. As uh, in ones I haven't seen before. I probably see about 110 a year, something okay. like that. And now it's around 60-something, mm. which is all right. Not bad. Think about the week. It's like one, just over one a week. Yeah. Yeah, I still love it. But I do find that I find myself waiting for the sort of November to February period now. Where yeah, they're all the good ones. Where they're all the good ones. Although this year I'm not that taken, if I'm honest. Okay. It hasn't been my favourite year. Don't know if this will go out this year. I'm talking about 
the beginning of 2019 <laughs> and the 2018. I mean, from I mean, I'm going to put it in now. I'm never myself in stuff. So yeah. if my dulcet tones make people want to hit themselves in the head with a spade, mm. just feel free to turn it off. You won't. I won't be offended. Uh, I, w- I personally will be as the guy whose podcast it is. I'd be annoyed if you turned it off. All right, don't turn it, it off. But if you're not going <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I'm, I... Listen, I wasn't going to draw attention to it, but actually, ladies and gentlemen, this is a big deal because uh, Jamie Dimitri, much like when I had Brian Gittins on, very rarely appears as himself. And it's a real honour that you have. And you oh, do it so well. Thanks, I'm scared. But I, I do... Uh, no, I've done it a few times as myself, but I'm technically not myself because I'm a puddle of scared on the yeah. chair, whereas I feel quite chill. Oh, what? oh, I forgot to tell you. What's happened? Oh, fuck. Oh, I should have told do you when I, you got here. Do you want to turn the thing off and tell me? Oh, God. Do you want to turn the thing No, I may as well keep recording. Oh, God. Oh, no. I should have told you when you got here. It's oh, so bad. Oh, my God. I think you're going to be... Oh, God, I well, I'm glad it's you that's telling me because, you know... God, I'm so sorry. I'll just say it. I guess I'll just say it. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to word it. Oh, he's on the floor. Uh, God. I don't really even Why put it into a sentence. Well, just I just I guess I was going to say. Don't take uh, you you died. You died. Exquisite. <laughs> you died. I'm so sorry. How did you die? Well, everyone was uh, smashing around, and I got caught up in it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Everyone I'm was sorry. whacking around. Brett. Everyone was just whacking around. Everyone was whacking around, and it was a big hubbub. Yeah, and it nicked my head. What were they whacking? The hub, I, I got my, I, it nicked my... You got killed in a hubbub? Well, someone tweeted, someone tweeted something and everyone got, when I, it was, there was a tweet was storm. Up, everyone was up in arms about the tweet and they yeah. were smashing around because everyone was so unhappy about the tweet. Yeah. You and I went tweet? out to see what was going on and I got, and I got caught and someone nicked my head. Oh God. And yeah. Just out. It wasn't my tweet. No, no I don't no. know what it was about. So, oh God. But I, I get it. When someone tweets something that isn't something that I think, I'm like, come on. Yeah. What about tweeting something that I what, that I agree with? Yeah. And then I get out and I... You start everyone, whacking yeah. around. Yeah, but I, this, I, I wasn't aware of this. So yeah, got it. You hadn't checked Twitter that hour? Yeah. So you're just like, what's all the hubbub? You went outside, got with people whacking around. Yes, and what happens to my head? Nicked. Someone nicked me in the head. With their you were whack. nicked. Someone was head. swinging their hubbub, their, yeah, their whacking, hullabaloo. smashing around, and they nicked oh, my head. What a hullabaloo, killed by a hullabaloo. Yeah. I, I get it, though. Don't tweet if you're not tweeting what everyone thinks. <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, make sure everyone agrees, and then let's get it out there. Yeah. And, so and, unless, you, you, unless you want random deaths like this one. Yes. Are you uh, scared of death? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Are you not? Yeah. No, I am. <laughs> What's not to be scared of? Some people aren't scared of it, or they don't think about it. What, religious men? No, I think religious people are scared of it, because a lot of... Oh, hence the religion, yeah. Yeah, why they have, I better, be, I better be good. Oh, I mean, I, I can't, I worry about talking about this because I might not be able to think about films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I am dead, so what's there to be scared of? Yeah, Apparently, yeah. death just looks like a, a, a chilled out dude's living room filled with film posters and a couple of glasses of water. What's it? What, what do you think about it like, a lot? I try not to, Brett. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I'm thinking about it quite a lot now, <laughs> considering I am dead. Yeah. Well, I always knew that when I died, I'd go, all right, let's get this film podcast done, yeah. and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. I'll settle into death. Yeah. It's, I've got no, one it's... last thing to do. <laughs> or what? one first thing to what? do. What? Put your affairs in order and tell your family you love him. No, no. I promised Brett I'd do his podcast. But wait, but I've already died. Yeah, yeah. No one's getting their affairs in order once they're dead. 
They, well, they're going straight to the film podcast. Yeah, thank you. This is the front door to yeah. the to death. Yeah, so <clears throat> you worry about death. You don't have to think about it. I think, right, I'm going to try and say this without thinking about it. Okay. I think the big realisation, mm-hmm. oh God, I mean, almost definitely cut this because it's a bleak thing to talk about, is I always considered the idea, like, you know, I'm considering myself agnostic, like I don't know, mm-hmm. but I assume there's nothing after. And mm-hmm. when when you really can conceive of the idea of nothingness, because yeah. when you think of nothingness, you think of like a dark room. Mm-hmm. Like you're sat in like uh, solitary confinement or something. Yeah. Like, oh crap, I can't see anything. But not, it's like, no, not even that. It's nothing. No, the idea of nothing is like minus. That when I realised that, let's just say I don't have testicles anymore because I thought that once. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they went. Yeah. All eunuchs had that thought. <laughs> you know, I might have said this before, I fuck knows. You know this, have you seen Gravity? Yes. You know the bit where Sandra Bullock gets sort of pushed and she starts spinning That's through space right, and just yeah. goes on and on. And if no one gets to her, she's just going to be yeah, spinning yeah, for eternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I visualise the fear of nothingness. It's just right. spinning in a But isn't flat. that somethingness, though? Because spinning is something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the, that to me is like, oh, God. Whereas <laughs> nothingness is like, there's no oh God to be said because yeah. you're just like... You're not even, you're, you can't even, you're not like anything. It's just, and this is why, this is why we should be talking about it. Because the Pan's Labyrinth poster in your room is starting to look so much more terrifying. I wouldn't mind if this was what death was. No. Imagine if that was a universal thing. When you die, you go to comedian Brett Goldstein's living room and there's enough films in here to last you maybe two months. If you were to watch them consistently. Yeah, that's what you would do. Yeah. Is that you and Paulie from The Sopranos? Or is that just Paulie from The Sopranos? It's Paulie from The Sopranos signed uh, to my auntie Andy. Oh, rooftops. <laughs> Lovely, well done. Shout out I think it's that, and no, it's all The Sopranos, and, and I think it actually says from Pussy, Pussy Bump and Sarah. Does, he not know, does Paulie not know who his character is? <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. He's, I feel like then those guys aren't 100% engaged with what they're doing. So I'm like, also, Tony Stein's it like, yeah, from the gangster character. <laughs> <laughs> I also wasn't there when that that scene was given, and it may have just been a random Italian American that my auntie approached. Right, right, right. With yeah. a photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I'm pussy. Uh, what's the significance of that tennis ball? Was that um, from the Wimbledon film? Yeah, that's when I had Paul Bettany on. And this carpet in the room is yeah. this from the carpet from um, Notting Hill. Yeah, it's the it's the carpet that Rissy fans. Sure. In naked. Ah, yes. And that doorknob, that <laughs> yeah, I assume yeah. is from Tyrannosaur by Paddy Considine. No, but it's close. It's from Journeyman by Paddy Considine. It's the door handle that he. <laughs> I knew that yeah. was a Paddy Considine. He had his fingerprints on it, you could tell. <laughs> um, this is a good game, hey, it? I've got good news for you. There what? isn't nothingness. Well, what is there? There's a heaven. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, it's quite nice That's... if you like that sort of thing. Right. You're into that? What, am I into there being a heaven? Yeah. I'd love that. All right, great. Well, good news, it's true. Yeah. And there's lots of people there. They're all fans of all six episodes of Stats. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Absolutely not the case. They watched them all day no one. No way, no way. People Immediately think, tweeted. People think the first one's too hectic. <laughs> no one's watching the first one up in heaven. They want to relax. Look, they don't episode want to see four a is a classic. <laughs> We're all agreed. <laughs> no, everyone loves that's it. that's too unlikable in episode one up in heaven. And they don't want that up in heaven. They love one to six. And they're very excited about season right. two, uh, even though they never get to see it because you died. But you're going to tell them what 
what the stories were. It's going to be even better. Just get it live. Anyway, the point is what they really <laughs> want to talk to you about in heaven <laughs> is your life, but through films. Can you imagine that? What a bunch of legends. Yeah. Thank you. And the first thing they want to know is, what's the first film you remember seeing? And was it at Video Vikings? This is, this, it's annoying that this is the first one because it's the only one that I don't have a definite answer for. Do you have a definite, do you know the, definitely know the first film you saw? I've really been thinking about it and I think I do, but, but yeah, it's possible that there was, you know, it was yeah. only three. But, what's my, your... but I think you know these things because your parents tell you. Yeah. And my parents don't remember anything about me when I was a kid. When I asked them what my, what my first word was, they, it's not even like, oh, sorry, Jay. It's just like, I don't know. I think we were there. There's not. I'm so sentimental about stuff like that. And I get. I something. I have a vague memory of being stood outside the Odeon Barnet and seeing the Little Mermaid poster yeah. out front. But I can't remember if I was going in to see it or I just saw that poster. I can't remember being in the film, in the cinema watching it or not, which is really annoying. But I think it was that. The earliest memory I have of watching like a film, film that wasn't yeah. like a kids' film, is uh, Drop Dead Fred. Oh, yeah. I remember going to my cousin's house in Nottingham and and always asking to watch that and being like, this is the funniest, maddest thing ever. It's like, it's quite, it's quite scary in a weird way. Because he's so, there's no, he has no control. And no, he's got no boundaries. Yeah, it's like a gritty British version of The Mask. (laughs) Like, there's sort of The Mask, it's like everything's sort of under control, I think, because he's got his catchphrases and stuff. It's like, you know where you are, but yeah, Rick Mail is, I mean, he could sort of like smash your TV screen through, yeah. come into your living room and like rub his ass on your face. Like that you feel like it, he could do anything. That's so true. Because it's all about, that film's all about not losing that like mad side of yourself as a kid, but not mad as in like cheeky, mad as in like, if you were to apply the things that a kid did to an adult, it would be quite upsetting. Yeah, that's such a good uh, reference. Like the mask, the difference in the mask is he would slide down a banister and like jump off in a cool way, drop dead friendly, yeah. slide down a banister and knock his testicles on the end of it. Yeah, and, and then, then maybe like, they'd come off and he'd and have to cute. put them back on sort of thing. And you'd yeah. probably see them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's amazing in that yeah. film. Just like such a force of whatever he is. Proper chaos. Yeah. But that, that to me, I remember, I remember it because there was a lot of, I think I probably spent a lot of my younger years wanting to be cool and have seen things before people. And I think that was probably the first example. I remember going to school and being like, it was a 15 as well, which is a huge deal. Because yeah. I was probably like... What was it in? God, when would that have been? I mean, I was... Like, I, know, I think I may have been like seven or something. I'm yeah. 31. But I, I remember being at school and being like, I've seen Drop Dead Fred, actually, at the end of the day. <laughs> Cutting a long story short. So whatever, make of that what you will. And I remember a boy in my class going, no, you haven't, because I saw it at my cousin's house. And I was actually, as well as being a show-off, I was very sensitive. So I was like, yeah. actually, no, you're right. If you if that's the case, then there's no way I've seen it. Uh, that boy now, uh, I think he's in jail. So fair enough. That's what you get for being for what, a soul to me. I think he stole a load of cars. Is that true? Yeah. Can't find him on Facebook. Right. So I Definitely assume. Yeah. 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 Or on any sort of social media. I've trolled, mm. mate. Want to see if uh, <laughs> want to see if Drop Dead Fred's in his list of favourites, and if he has actually seen it. The prick. <laughs> he uses that as his headshot. But yeah, those are my. I think those are my first. So ones. you I mean, saw like, that on telly? No, I saw my. They had it on video. It was like one of their. You know, when you used to go to someone's house as a kid and there was nothing to do because there's no like 
games console or yeah. anything. And he's sort of sick of just playing, generic playing, like, let's play. Do you remember playing? It was nothing. Yeah, what was it? Was it was just like, <laughs> just sort of running around and laughing. Okay, what do you want? No, what do you want to play? Um, oh, well, come on, you know the one. And then you just sort of run around and go, <laughs> no, and no, but I'm the mum. I'm the mum. And that's, no, but that's home. And that's home. That's home. That's home. And then I've put this on my head and that's, no, but this toy's going to die. Watch. <laughs> what? Wait. Wait. What are we doing? <laughs> what is the premise yeah. of this play? Okay. What films do you have? And they go, <laughs> and there's one, there'll be one weird one. You're like, what? Like, well, I've got um, Mother Goose's football. Like, all right. Uh, and then there's like a home video. You're like, uh, or, or like one of the, the dad's videos. So he's got like, he's got like Quadrophenia or something. Yeah. And, and like, Rambo. Yeah. And it's terror. And you're like, <laughs> they're smoking. No. <laughs> they're smoking on the cover. No. Um, and then the other one, well, the last one will be like Drop Dead Fred. And it like silly for a silly man on the front cover. So we'd watch that. But yeah, I mean, there were, there were films like I'd watch obsessively as a kid and I can't work out whether it was because like, like Home Alone, fanatically obsessed. Right. Like I just, I just watch it just with my tongue out for like 50 hours and then go to sleep and then another 50 hours. Mm. Love that. I remember being so taken by the Lion King trailer that before it had come out, I had a Lion King themed party. <laughs> I didn't even know if the film was good. I was like... Get me all the merch. We're all dressing as animals from The Lion King because it is going to be the best film. And then I and then I went to see it yeah. like two weeks later, and I was just nodded the whole way through. Like, yep, it is the best film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Such an idiot. I called it at my party like that. two weeks ago. Yeah, it's as good as I thought it would be. Brilliant. I'm glad I got all this just carrying on my Lion King pencil cases <laughs> and Ben pencils inside. Like, yes. <laughs> What's the film that scared you the most? As a kid, mm-hmm. I just rejected being scared as a thing. I was never like a daredevil in that sense. I never, I was never excited by the prospect of being scared. Right. It's like being scared is a bad thing. Like okay. people would be like in the playground, like I'm having a, oh, you know, I'm having my sleep. It was all, it all started with sleepovers, didn't it? Yeah. So the people are going to have a sleepover and we watch a scary film and there'd be, and someone would be like, we're going to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'd be like, oh. And like whispering about it in the playground, like, well, the teachers <laughs> give you a detention because <laughs> at home you're going to watch a film. Yeah. It's an 18, you know, it's an 18. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to come. <laughs> like, equally, like, suspect. Like, nah, like it was cool. I'm actually not going to. Yeah, like <laughs> it's cool. I'm not going to come to that because it sounds so scary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, guys, yeah. not for me. Yeah. So that's going to, like, that'll make me so scared. So, probably not, man. All right, nice one. Put my shades on, a, on and leave. But, yeah, that, you say it's an 18. Well, there's no way I can watch that because I'm 10 and I, I'm going to obey the rules here. I saw a drop dead friend when I was too young and it's cut me out for life. <laughs> I remember asking my friend Patrick what he was going to watch at the sleepovers. Be like, we're not going to watch anything scary, are we? Because if we are, I won't come. So, that'll be annoying for me because so, I'll be terrified. And I, I'm the one who doesn't like nightmares. Why does everyone like nightmares? And he's like, no, 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 no. And I got there and uh, the dad was like, kids, guess what we're watching? And pulled out The Exorcist. I think we were 11. And I was like, oh. In fact, I do remember at another party, someone saying we're going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. And I went home. (laughs) I think it's interesting that you're, but you were like brave enough. I think that was very brave. Oh, I was, I not think I probably, in that instance, I think I made an excuse and left. I was like, oh, I forgot my... (laughs) Because, like, what do you have on at the age of like, 12? Oh, God, no, yeah. 
My wife. Sorry, my mum's at home and she's so nice. And I love spending time with her. So I've probably got to see her this evening. Oh, Christ. I've probably got to, because oh, if I'm here, that means I won't be having as nice a time as I'll be having with my mum. All right, I'm going to go home. I need to go. Yeah, that's this evening as well that I do that and every other evening. <laughs> so, wait. So there was that, but then they whipped yeah. out The Exorcist and I was like, I can't do that again because I think I've been really taking the piss out of. Mm. And I, they watched The Exorcist and I sat with my back to the screen for the whole thing. So you heard The Exorcist. What do you think of me, Brett, after all this? I, I, I'm hearing what I'm saying. I sound like a wet nothing. No, listen, what I think is impressive and where I don't understand, like from the difference between our childhoods and maybe is it, it, it takes some balls to not go along with what everyone was doing. To go, I'm going home. No, I'm not coming to your horror thing. I'd be like, who's this fucking tough guy? I think you're picturing a straighter spine. Mm. It was very much like I would, like a puddle of water and the house is on a slant and I, the water would just, I just sort <laughs> of like down. dribble out of that. So no one would notice. <laughs> yeah. Was Jamie ever here? Like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was about six foot 15 when I was, oh, really? when I was that age. So <laughs> it was definitely noticeable. <laughs> and my nose was most of that. <laughs> Uh, so you've not seen a scary film? No, so I oh, have, yeah. right. So, so the witches used to really scare oh, me. Oh, yeah. Great. And I think that that's probably because it wasn't like an 18 or anything, so it was one that I would have watched. Yeah. It would probably scare me till today. Yeah. Because I think that I came to learn that those films that I didn't want to watch probably wouldn't have scared me because gore just does absolutely nothing for me. I don't receive it when I watch okay. it. I just don't, it doesn't. More often than not, because I don't really care about the characters, I kind of think that existential crises scare me more. So, like, in The Witches, it's like the boy turning into a, a mouse yeah. or a rat and, and just, it's like, oh, God, yeah, that that's... is hell. Yeah. And the girl getting trapped in the picture and, and the family don't know oh. where she's gone and she's just in the picture. And it's that, it's that voicelessness that always scared me so much. Mm. And I'm so influenced by it. Like that short film, the one I'm trying to make, it's about a guy turning yeah. into a car. Yeah. It's, it's all the about witches. that. It's all about, it's all about a really horrible thing happening and you going like, oh, come on, someone be sympathetic about this. Yeah. Is like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Why isn't anyone saying anything about it? And it's like, She's so close to being fine because if they were to see her in the picture, then yeah. maybe they could get her out. And that used to ruin me. I'd be like, I, I couldn't think about it. Mm. I couldn't think about it. But more recently, I was sort of delighted to have a cinema experience where I was like, that officially terrified me. Have yeah. you seen Suspiria? Yeah. I was contorting. I was so scared. Great. I was so happy to be so affected by something. Do you the know new I mean? one we're talking about. The yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I haven't seen the original, which I I'm sure it. is sacrilege. But I like, I've, I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It's been a bit panned, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's a real, like, you're either going to love it or not, because it's mad. I went but to see it with it. my friend Phoebe in, yes. uh, in the Vista in LA, mm -hmm. and it finished, and she went, what do you think? And I screamed. I was so on edge that just someone, a woman especially, talking to me. I just like, I like jerked and like kicked the chair. Oh no, wait, I went into the toilet and someone like slammed a cubicle door and I yeah. like headbutted the wall. I was so on edge for ages and terrified that I was going to have nightmares. It was brilliant. That scene in the, I won't give anything away, but that scene in the dance studio yeah, the dance scene is... is unbelievable. And I think it's because it's, there's no CGI. Those mm. raw materials really have so much more of an impact. Yeah, yeah. I think that, Graphics have got to a point now that we don't need to talk about the quality of graphics. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember it's like, oh, the graphics in that were brilliant. Do you see the graphics in Jumanji? It's all the bloody lines are going to bloody bite my bloody head off. 
But now it's just like, it's a blanket. Like, yeah, graphics are good. Let's get on with it. Yeah. But I, I think that no matter how good they get in the back of your mind, you won't... You won't connect to it. Um, you won't connect to it, no. I hate CJ. I hate it. A great example is the difference between the original Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Tim Burton could have made those sweets like float in front of your face, but and the sort of texture of them in mm. the original, I can still, even though they you watch it, the old one now, and you're like, oh, that's a rubber ball. That's yeah. A, that's a, you're still like, but it's there. Bite it. Yeah, it's there. They could touch it. Whereas the sweets in the new one, you're like, it's just nothing. It's like, yeah, yeah you're looking at a hologram. I often want to sort of like say to Hollywood, I don't think your CGI is as good as you think it is. Because right. I keep watching stuff going, I mean, it still looks like a computer though, right? Yeah. And everyone's going, oh, it's amazing. And I was going, amazing watching computer things jump about. Yeah, totally. But like, where's, I'd much rather a bad puppet Completely, that's there in yeah. the room. Because it's commitment to the thing. Because no one's going, oh, that's not real. It's like, yeah, I'm, we know it's not real. We're not yeah. supposed to think it's real. Although, saying that, The Jungle Book was on TV over Christmas mm. and Mowgli sat on Blue's tummy. I mean, the new the Jungle new one, Book. Yeah, yeah. And my dad was like... What? Are they brothers? And he's seen it before. What are they brothers? The brother, why isn't it scratching him? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also, what was on, something was on, t- Pacific Rim was on TV the other day. Yeah. And we flicked past it and someone, like, well, someone was like, this is actually amazing. I mean, it's been, kind of, it's actually amazing. So we like stopped to watch a bit of it. And like, there's these huge monsters and contraptions mm. like jumping around and like huge. And I was like, how there. is it that this is happening in front of us? We are watching gigantic monsters and like robots, like destroying a city. And everyone's just like, that. <laughs> it's, good, isn't it? it's like, it's, it's like, if you'd shown that to someone and I mean, it's the, like, mm. I guess it's my dad's generation who like see stuff on a screen and are like, what? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Little Mowgli, get off it, it's a bear! The whole town! The whole city is fucked! (laughs) Okay, what is the film... I think this could be a lot of answers, given how sensitive you are. What's the film that made you cry the most? I I thought about this, and I think that the one that's probably made me shed the most tears across my life is Hook. Every time Hook is on, I can't... I think it's just like... Love it's that it. thing of growing up. It's like the end of Toy Story 3. Mm. Anything to do with growing up yeah. get, kills me. Uh, Hook is also to do with growing up because I loved it so much as a kid. And Robin Williams was mm. such a huge part of why I want to do what... You know, he's like the first... He's probably the first, like, comedy presence that made me want to do <clears throat> what I do for a living. And, yeah, it's just it's just an assault on the senses. The, the colour and, like, the, the motifs and everything. Ah, oh, it's just palpable. Like, yeah. it, it, everything is so scary and beautiful and the performances are amazing and Dustin Hoffman is just the best in it. There's something about, like, even, like the bit where Hook's wig comes off. Yeah. It's so provocative for some reason and I, but it's probably because of me being a kid and that whole the sequence where they imagine the food at the table and they have the food fight yeah. it's that uh willy wonka thing it's like you can taste it and yeah just everything about it is is just wonderful and i i audibly cry i like scream cry when i watch it yeah that's <laughs> just fair. comfortably sat watching tv screaming <laughs> your dad go what <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't get why it's worth <laughs> Why is uh, uh, why is Doubtfire flying? <laughs> I think the setup of Hook 
it's uh, it's one of some of Spielberg's best work. The whole build up when they get to London, when they go to Maggie Smith's house, God stands by yeah. the bed. So you've become a pirate, Peter. I love that oh, shit, and I love. I think it's really beautiful and scary she and moving is. when they do the speech at the Great Ormond Street and the and the, all the old men stand up, all the old orphans stand up oh, and like, go God. to kiss her, and then the windows suddenly open and all the snow comes in. Fuck, it's it's so it's so like like fraught the yeah. whole thing is like the tension is just so constant like they turn peter pan into this tragic drama yeah like the fact that she grew up to be yeah. maggie smith and she lost her youth is like and not, you're like crying from the beginning just everything about it is like oh God. <laughs> yeah it's like being any like crying being scared all those things i think are the are the makings for me of a the best films like whenever someone says to me like whenever i talk to someone about a film and they're like i go oh this is amazing like shinder this is amazing isn't it and i go oh god no it's shit i'll be like shit i'll be like yeah it's so depressing it's sad i'm like if it depressed you then it was successful wasn't it, it? This job. I, when i went to see the sixth sense i remember as a kid this is the biggest impact a film's ever had on me yeah. i mean it, it's more to do with something else when the twist is unveiled yeah uh, i turn around and threw up on my mum <laughs> <laughs> projectile I was like he's a what <laughs> I had had weirdly there was a promotion going on where they were giving you could get three dime bars for the price of one and I just scoffed them all and a dime is a, you don't yeah. know how much how much sweetness there is in a dime mm. I just like it's crystal sweetness I ripped on her she just <laughs> took it because she knew she got it she was like yeah it's a big twist <laughs> None of it. Neither of us saw that coming. To yeah. be fair, yeah. Do you? Are you comfortable crying in front of people? Oh yeah, I love it. Do you? Oh, uh, in front of because of films. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Because, it yeah, it's the sort of That's nice. equivalent problem to being ashamed of like not having a spicy curry in front of someone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? See, this like, what I mean. You're a, you're a brave. But you've told all these stories like oh, I'm a scared weakling, but you're crying in front of people. You're saying I'm not watching that scary film. But you scared you're one of the toughest of guys I've ever met. <laughs> Is this why you go to the cinema on your own all the time? Yeah, because I, 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 if I'm going to have a cry, I don't want people seeing. I love going to the cinema on my own, but not because of that, just because I don't have to worry about uh, anyone else's opinion of it. Yeah, exactly. I bumped that. into Brett in, uh, in, in, a, <laughs> in the Arclight in LA, and I was going to see Black Panther, and he was going to see whatever was on, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you should come and see this with me. And he's like, I mean, we get on, right? Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm going on my own. I was like, oh, well, I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> I said, Wait, we're going about the same time. You, you want to see Black Panther? Oh, yeah, definitely. I will definitely see that. <laughs> Didn't we decide we'll see it half an hour apart and then meet up afterwards? Yeah, we did. But yeah. I don't think that happened. I don't know what happened. I think we did. I, I saw it. Oh, I saw something else and then we met afterwards. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. So it wasn't, a, it was like genuinely not to avoid you. It was I don't know. I know it wasn't, but Panther there was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm just going to head in. <laughs> I'm just going to head and see that then. But I do like going on my own. Uh, yeah, but suddenly it's like, I've never understood it's not a social thing. I mean, come Oh, on. I completely agree. By the way, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I, got, yeah. I got why you wanted to see it on your own. Like, like I said, like I do it all the time for script stuff. Yeah. And also, yeah, I, I like to go and see like three films in a day on my own. That's like yeah. my perfect day. Perfect. Just back to back. Don't need to worry about anyone else's schedule. Just mm. do it. Or I just, sometimes I'll be like, Someone will go, oh, I want to see that. And I'll just text them what my schedule is and be like, you can meet me for one of them if you want. Because I leave my phone at home. Do you? Yeah, when I, when I do an all day. Because that's the... That, but I mean, I've heard you say it on this before. The best thing about being in the cinema is it's like, this is a time for me to have nothing to do yeah. with my phone. I mean, I'd love to have nothing to do with my phone ever. 
that I'm addicted in one way or another, which yeah. every res- every New Year's resolution for the last five years has been cut it in half with a pair of scissors, but I can't. Um, I've started to think that what Twitter is, is Twitter is a thing that gives us all mental health problems, which has resulted in everyone tweeting about mental health problems. And then all Twitter now is linked to people who use Twitter writing articles about how the mental health is affected by Twitter. Right, yeah. And we're all, it's just this self-perpetuating machine of, I mean, I'm weeks away from writing my mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I started out, I justified it by being like, yeah, but I'm only going to be ironic about it all the time. Mm. And I still am, I think, about it. But I'm like, it comes to a point where you're like, well, I am on it. Yeah. And the amount of times <laughs> I, I want to write, like, yeah, <laughs> it comes a time where I want to write a sort of every now and again I want to write a holier than now tweet, being like, oh, sort of like, oh yeah, this is great, isn't it? Everyone is saying things on Twitter. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's such an embarrassment. The whole thing. It's really bad. What even? What is it? I mean, trying to explain it to someone mm-hmm. like pre-internet or even pre-social media. I remember when it first came out. I was like. How is this going to... I don't get what it is. Mm. How is this going to catch on? Just saying things quickly. <laughs> like, I can just... What? To, the worst thing about it for me is that mm. it's... And this is relevant to films, I think. I think it's just completely abolished the idea of the magic of celebrity. I know that celebrity isn't like yeah, yeah, a yeah. wondrous thing, but I think it sort of was in a way. Mm. When I was a kid, I remember being like, God, I wonder what Matthew Perry's up to right now. Yeah, now you know. And now it's like, I always know what the people who are my heroes are up to. And more often than not, they're up to being on Twitter all the fucking time. Yeah. That's why I want to ease myself off. It's why I sort of, like, I'm a bit scared to do stuff with myself a lot of the time. Because Mm. I'm like, I kind of like the idea of, I'm like, just practice what I preach, basically. It's like, if I'm going to be on TV, I like the idea of just being my characters. Do you know why I changed, I used to be like this, and it's one of the reasons I thought, fuck it, and started doing a podcast and stuff is because of Kevin Spacey. Because Kevin Spacey used to say a lot, I think to be the best actor, you should have no public profile. You shouldn't do right. interviews. You should right. be a mystery so that people can just see you as yeah. an actor. And then we found out, you had a good reason for saying that, Kevin. Yeah. And it made me think, nah, fuck it. Oh, for sure, just... but you were also a stand-up. So yeah. you've been being yourself as a performer for a long time. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with an actor doing it, just for my own personal preference. Yeah. I'm like, but then I really just, I enjoy stuff like this. It's lovely, you know, just, and I think I've always been obsessed with the idea of lists and what are the best restaurants, what are your favourite yeah. restaurants, what are your favourite things. This is like the dream, yeah. We all just need to collect our list together and then we can go. Yeah. Hello, my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with Magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Yeah. What is the film that most people don't like? It's critically not acclaimed. People don't like it. But you're like, fuck you all, this film is great. Talladega Nights. Okay. I don't know why it got any negative press. I think it's one of the funniest films ever made. Uh, it's like, it's a sprawling improv-a-thon, but it is, like, fucking funny. And so it's, it's a film where mm. Sacha Baron Cohen's, like, uh, acting yeah, that yeah. I think is really, really good. I think he's so good in it. And I think that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are, like, on... Like uh, the height of their career, I think it came. It was sort of at the point of like saturation in terms of like cricket. I think it got negative press in terms of like that sort of thing had been popular for a bit, and then it was time for the backlash rather than it was bad. Yeah, right. Oh, another one of these. Yeah, like Step Brothers didn't do that well critically, but is also so yeah, very. I mean, those films aren't like. I mean, he Will Ferrell released like however many films about a guy in the public eye who was at the top of his game mm. and then it fell fall from grace and then picked back up again. And that's sort of fine because they were just platforms for his... Um, I think he's, he's really good so at funny. Yeah. And him and John C. Riley had such a great... have such a great thing going on. I, uh, yeah. And maybe that's my answer. But it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like... I don't know when I started knowing about... I think we all... I think people who like films assume that everyone is aware of what the critical response to stuff is. Yeah. But it's so funny how not the case that is. Like, yeah. didn't Vin Diesel, like, make a huge bet that Fast and Furious 7 was going to win Oscar for Best Film? Did he really? Yeah, I read that. I had a friend who was convinced that Taken was considered, like, one of the all-time classics, like, alongside Shin's List and stuff. Like Shawshank Redemption, Taken. I remember I was once, I was once on a. Why not? I was once on a shoot and I heard a bun, uh, some essays having a chat, uh, and I was eavesdropping. Mm. And there was one who'd become like the alpha by essay. I mean, an extra, uh, the, the modern day supporting artist. Supporting artists. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Supporting artists. Yeah, not like a, a Mexican friend. My essay. Got your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I heard them having a chat and there was like an alpha among them being like, yeah. well, you know what's going to win the Oscar for Best Film this year, don't you? And they're like, oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. No way, what? What is it? Well, what film this year has had suspense, action, crying, romance, comedy, graphics? It's Pompeii. I don't know if you remember Pompeii, but it was <laughs> critically voted the least likely film to sort of, it like, do more than one pound at the cinema. It was like, hey. the, I think it was like voted one of the worst films of all time. And this guy had seen it and been like... Crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. Wait, that, right, okay. It's a good list, to be fair, of what you want in an Oscar <laughs> film. Tension, crying, drama. I like the idea of, yeah, those are the genres. Got any they... uh, crying films? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's not a lot of people sort of know what are objectively seen. As... Well, there, yeah. there is no objectively 
good film, I suppose. It's, I mean, I, I try and divide it into just derivative and non-derivative. I think derivative stuff you can say is objectively bad. It's like, that is shit because it's been done to death and it's, right. this isn't a good example of being done. But I think with actors as well, like when people are like, their performance was fucking shit, I hate her, I hate him. They're like, they didn't do it on purpose. They didn't turn up and rub their hands together and go, yes, my I'm going to do this shit. <laughs> everyone's just trying you know yeah god bless him yeah man what's the film that you used to love used to love it so much and you watched it recently and you've gone oh dear that does not hold up for me i don't think i have an official proper one for this because i think that the nostalgia that you have for films you watched a long time ago tends to stand up because you enjoy you enjoy Mm. it for a different reason i i really used to love what dreams may come and patch adams yeah oh not patch adams but what dreams may come that, that was my mum's favourite film, but I have a feeling if I watched it now, I'd be like, this is hokum. What Dreams May Come was a really badly reviewed film at the time. And I think about that film a lot in terms of like, what a fucking wild it's ride so that fast. film is. And like, yeah. beautiful and mad and dark, yeah. so dark. The story yeah. is, oh. the man dies and then the woman kills herself to be with him and then she's in well, hell. Well, the woman and the kids die, don't they? Oh, yeah, they all die, but then someone kills themselves, and he's got to go to hell to get her back. She kills no, herself. The kids die, and then she kills herself yeah. because she doesn't want to live without them, and then he he dies. Yeah, and then he crosses heaven to yeah. get to hell to try and get her back. Yes, she's because got to if hell you kill yourself, her. you yeah. get to hell, yeah. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is an angel. Yeah. And there's, like, fields of yellow you can jump about in. And the, yeah, and the idea is heaven is hell. wherever you want it to be. Yeah, I guess it probably was good. I just think I just think I loved it so much. It was my mum's favourite film. Really? And I and I think she's like what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's got less of a Greekness going on about her. But she, yeah, I, I think I loved it via her. I was like, oh, my mum thinks this is brilliant. Mm. But uh, Patch Adams, I just loved Robin Williams in anything he did. But I think if I watched Patch Adams now, I'd be like, this is Schmaltztown, Tennessee. Yeah, I think I found Patch Adams uncomfortable. Yeah. There was something, I like a soppy film, but I think there's something sort of a bit creepy about Patch Adams. It's a true story, isn't it? Yeah, and I think there's something a bit creepy about the real Patch Adams. It's about a guy who started his own hospital with, with low fees, but he'd be a sort of prankster in there. I don't know, I, lo- I loved it at the time. Yeah. It was a family favourite for some reason. <laughs> uh, that's a good answer. Patch Adams, I worry, would not hold up for you. Yeah. Perhaps you shouldn't watch it. I'll take that. My favourite question, what is the film that means the most to you not necessarily the film itself. Film that might not even be that good, but because of the memory you associate with that film. The thing is, th- this one I haven't, I haven't actually seen that many times, and I think I probably haven't because of this. But Papillon, yeah, because my Steve, dad, Steve and I, McQueen, yeah, and, and Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. I think it's because I really, I, I probably couldn't even tell you that much about it. Yeah, but it's a rare film in my life that I sat with with my dad and we watched all of it together and we both went we I love that mm. uh, because we you know he's a lot older and he's uh, as dads tend to be yeah, we're... we're not the same age no he's <laughs> he's you know he's nearly 80 now and and he doesn't weirdly doesn't have the best grasp of English well he no he does he speaks fluent English but he's sort of he just has a very Greek sensibility and doesn't quite can engage. He doesn't know how to engage with something unless someone gets shot in the face in the first five minutes, basically. And for some reason, we both just fell in. And it's just a sad thing, so we can never... It's such a love... Like, I love films so much, and so does he. Like, he will just sit and watch telly all evening, every evening, but he will watch Shat. 
just like if it's the worst thing ever made, it's officially becomes his favorite film of all time. Like he What's can't. What's his favorite film? God, I actually asked him this over Christmas, and he just couldn't, just didn't give me an answer. He always was mutiny on the bounty. I'm like, what? Like that's him remembering. Yeah, that's I don't think film. that's like he just watches FBI files okay. like back to back. Bloody, he shot him. Why? <laughs> but I tell you what, actually, I mean, for example, like. <laughs> So over Christmas, every Christmas we have like a, it's such a rigmarole finding a film. I mean, hence, hence why I loved watching this Papillon memory so much. Yeah. Finding a film that we can all sit and watch and enjoy and get to the end of and be like, that was brilliant. It's, a, um, it's a, an equation that doesn't bear thinking about. So me and Tash, my sister, yeah. uh, Natasha Dimitriou, so we'll put our heads together, yeah. be like, what should it be? And this year we went, Tash came up, which was like Murder on the Orient Express. I'm like, oh my God, perfect. Great idea. Murder mystery, everyone get on board that. Someone gets killed very yeah, quickly. Da, 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 da. Da. Oh, oh, why? He's always as he's always shocked. It's like he wants it to happen. There was a murder like, on the Orient yeah. Express. Yeah. I mean, it, this is about to get very weird, the story I'm going to tell. <laughs> okay. So we put it on, we're like, oh, it's got murder for dad, Judy Dench for mum. She loves her. We'll be like, oh, lovely. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then me and Tash, you know, we'll be like, fine. Doesn't matter what we like. Ten minutes in, mum's asleep, Tash is on her phone. My dad looks so confused and I'm just not enjoying it because for whatever reason. And I'm like, oh, God, we didn't succeed. And I look over to him and I'm like, Dad, like, so I don't want to put him through it. And I'm just yeah. like, are you, are you not really enjoying it, are you? Um, I don't really understand what the, what's happening, if I'm honest. They're on a train, yeah? I'm like, yeah, they're on a train. Um, okay, so... Oh, okay. Do you want to change the channel? He's like, please. So I, I like look around for the remote. I'm like, oh, I couldn't find the remote. And he's sort of stuck watching this thing. And I find it eventually. And I change the channel. Mm. And uh, it, we changed the Steven Spielberg's BFG, so the live action one. And it's like a scene where it's like magic. Like he's like in his cave, <laughs> holding the little girl, sucking a dream out of an arse or whatever happens in that film. Um, and uh, and my dad's face lights up like a little. Like, Ooh, what are these colours? And uh, and he's sort of watching it, like, oh, God. And after about 10 minutes, I can see that the sort of light starts to fade. I just like, like, I just like yeah. to watch him watching films. The light starts to fade. He's like, huh? what? And I'm like, are you right? He goes, if I'm honest, I'm completely lost. I'm like, well, what, what do you want to know? He's like, is he a suspect? <laughs> is who a suspect? The, on, the, on the Orient Express? No. This 70-foot giant who has just blown a dream through a trumpet into a little girl's mouth or something while chewing on a cucumber made of worms, who, by the way, we just discovered has friends who are 800 foot tall, is not a suspect on the Orient Express, no. But I tell you what, if he was on the Orient Express, I know where I'd be pointing. (laughs) No, he's not. So that is why I enjoyed Papillon so much because he got it and he knew right. what was going on and it was just lovely. I mean, it's not the only one. There have been other ones, but they're a, a rocky road. Like I used to be obsessed with American History X as a kid. Thought it was the best yeah, really. thing ever. And I remember showing that to him and until the horrific mm. curb bit, he wasn't on board. As soon as someone does something horrific, he's like, oh, fuck God. It's a combination of like, he's incensed but it gets him in right it's like someone needs to punch him in the face to watch it I mean when he watches stuff that I'm in he's he's just like he'll like watch the wall instead Uh, he makes up stuff that happened in stuff oh really 
Like what? And I'll be like, what's your favourite? But he'll like piss himself laughing. <laughs> the bit where he's, uh, he goes up to the toilet and he's saying, this thing bloody stinks of shit. Right. You can put That's it in series two. Well, I mean, it would fit in. <laughs> like, what? You're laughing at it as well. Sorry, right. <laughs> what is the film that you found the sexiest? What's the sexiest film, Jamie? I actually don't know the answer to that one. I think that Almost Famous is a very sexy film. Mm. As in everyone's sexy in it. Just the yeah. whole thing of that band being on tour. I, I, I remember being devastated that I wasn't one of those people in that film. Mm. I annoyed that You're I wasn't curious. a sexy rock star in the 70s and that weren't. I wasn't being dismissive to a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's my hard answer. Okay. Um, I just think it's such a good film as well. You thought, I wish I could sing Tiny Dancer on a bus with some other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that scene is like, you just want to, you want to be there, don't you? Do you, you want, like that film? Yeah, we want to get on that bus. Yeah, I want to get on that bus. I want to have you an You want to jump party. off a roof. I want to jump off a roof. Into I, a pole. I want to be, I want to, I wanted to be the journalist and be ingratiated into their gang accidentally and be able to, I just wanted. You wanted to lose your virginity to three groupies? No. No, I would have, I would have wanted something more stable than that. (laughs) 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 That's, that part I I fast forwarded. Yeah, no, right. Good man. The jeans and all that stuff. That's, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I was like, this is the essence of cool, and I want part of it, mate. There's a sub subcategory to this question that uh, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Uh, it's called Troubling Boners, Worrying Why Don't. Right. And it's a film that you found sexy or arousing and perhaps thought, maybe I shouldn't have. Might have been the Lion King trailer. <laughs> I don't think I... <laughs> this is so... Did you come up with that? It sort of came out of Nat, Nat Metcalf, when Nat Metcalf was right. Out. Because he had two answers and one of them was troubling, right. troubling boner, and then I stuck with it. And sometimes it. Does I think well. you latched onto it because I think you exclusively have troubling boner. <laughs> Every bone is troubling. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that you're. <laughs> I've never had a non-troubling boner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I think, although I think there is something in the idea of there being no non-troubling boners. Yeah. So I think if I'm honest, yeah, like as a teenager, films like Mean Girls mm-hmm. and. And me girls, I was probably too old. I was what, what, fifteen or something. And then like American Pie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They did have a profound effect on me. Yeah. Like you're like laughing, but you're like, oh my god, she's she's naked. Yeah. I think that is troubling because it's like it's so I don't know. It just it gives you such a warped idea of the world. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, the idea of like I don't know that just that whole culture of boys being like cheekily watching this girl stripping on a camera and being like, yo, this is cool. It's like horrible. It's so weird that sequence now in hindsight, the sequence of them filming. Yeah, I just think it is really dark. I think it's troubling retrospectively. I wasn't troubled at the time. So I was just like, check out this roller coaster. I'm loving it. Life, (laughs) teenage years. But yeah, looking back, I'm like, oh God, Mm. what was my understanding of anything yeah i don't know although you know with all my sort of sensitiveness Mm. sensitivity there is a word for it yeah uh i probably was quite like this this isn't okay yeah poor girl and you've never fucked a pie and that's fact i have never or a peach uh what is the film that you okay it's a tricky one what's the film you most relate to well 
Uh, I haven't actually seen it because it, I related to it so much that I couldn't get through it. Okay. And now I'm going to start this by saying I think that what I'm about to say is very cringe and wanky yeah. because I think if anyone else said, like when people do say like, oh, it was so affecting that I just like couldn't, I just couldn't, I just fucking couldn't. It's like someone trying to give themselves an affectation and yeah. make themselves interesting. Really not the case. I watched Adaptation. Oh, I love it. As I wa- I, well, I, I have seen it. I watched it as a teenager yeah. and I didn't get it. I was like 13 or 14 or whatever. Right. And I was like, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Then I remember being like, I, I got really into Kaufman. I mean, I'll get onto this, but it's an Execute New York's best film ever made, in my opinion. Uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely um, right. Yeah. But uh, Adaptation, so I, I, like, I watched that and I was like, right, I've got to rewatch all of Kaufman. And then I, I bought that and I put it on and I watched the first 10 minutes. Mm. And where he's having his internal dialogue, and yeah. I related to it so much that I freaked out. And uh, but not related to it, like oh my god, they're thinking my thoughts. I was just like, it's really uncomfortable to hear the things that make me anxious out loud and remind me of them. I was like, it, I found it horrific. Yeah, and I was like, off. I just, I was like, I'm not. Why put myself through this? It wasn't. I like. I, I like. I'm going to be very clear about this. It wasn't like a like a. Oh my god. No, kind of thing. It was mean. really just like, ah, shut up, shut up, shut up. No, 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 I'm not having that. No way. No way. Why would I? No. It's like, no, I don't want to hear them out loud. It's yeah. In my head. Oh. Yeah. It's it's a very a great adaptation. I totally get that. But it's also, I think it's so, there is a thing, the reason you're uncomfortable with it is because he's doing the brave version of this is what it's like to be right. Like, I think the sort of funniest thing, and I even hate to even say this myself, like I understand it, but he sits down to write and he has a wank. And then he right. goes back to write, and then he has a wank, and it's like, that is brave to say that that is your writing process. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah, depth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only thing that doesn't happen in the writing process is writing. <laughs> yeah. I've done everything in the world during yeah. the writing process. I've, like, bought a country. Yeah, got married, divorced. Yeah, you, like, you will do anything. Mm. Like, I remember, like, colour-coordinating my shirts... In the cupboards. I mean, that's not even the maddest thing. I, it just, yeah, anyway. It's, it, it, I, I remember those things from when I saw it as a teenager, but I, yeah, I, I've never watched it. Because I kind of feel like you reset at like 18, and so you could watch all mm. the films you've watched before you're 18, and it would be a new experience. Because, I mean, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire over Christmas, which, by the way, holds up holds up so well. Really? I mean, it's incredible. I mean, there's... I imagine there are some troubling things, like yeah. as far as like, God, this guy is dressed as a chica. Right, that's crazy, kind of thing. Like, why would anyone do that? It's, you know, but I just think as a sort of classic family mm. thing is structurally and communally brilliant. But I understood like seventy jokes that I didn't. Before right, interesting. I watched it when I was so young. Okay, so I think we're about to get to it. Right, what is objectively the greatest film ever made? Right. It's difficult to separate your favourite and the greatest. Some people find it is, some people find it isn't. What I, I sort of mean by this is, for example, you mentioned like Schindler's List. Some people yeah. might say Schindler's is the greatest film, but I'd be surprised if it was your favourite. Right. Because you're not going, let's put a Schindler's List Of course, again. of course, yeah. I think that my, my favourite is definitely Snegsky New York. That is like... Right, so you've answered the, that question. Your favourite is Snegsky New York, which I fucking love. Yeah, I've, I've watched it maybe 40 times. Yeah. I just, I can't, because... You know, people are like, oh, it's very layered about films. It's literally layered in the sense that there are things like going on in the corner of the screen yeah. that are, are hot, that add a whole, not like thematic, li- like narrative, yeah. like stuff going on that like adds to the narrative. 
like you work out that the guy's been watching him the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's been studying him. And that the first scene is three months. You know that? The, the opening breakfast scene takes place over three months. I didn't know that. Do you know that? If you watch, right, watch it 41 times, the beginning scene of him getting up and getting ready for work and then watching it, if you like pay attention to what's happening on the news on the telly, yeah. is it's time is passing. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm yeah. sick. I, no, you're not fit. I didn't. I, did, I mean, I think I read that and then watched it. It was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it's just unbelievable. I just I just think that everything about it, the way it, it's the perfect depiction of anxiety. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know how he did it. Just, it's so big. But I, I went to a talk with him. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not, we didn't go together to watch a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Kaufman, I, I went to see him talk after, a Q&A after Anomalisa. Yeah. And people were asking about it. And he's so... He, I think he's very proud of it. It's his only film that he directed yes. and wrote. But he said that he he feels like he's sort of fucked the independent film industry with it because it was a rare... Because he'd become a rare sort of household name, subversive, independent filmmaker. Mm. And finances were like, let's... Ex- as an experiment, let's fund the shit out of this Charlie Kaufman film and see how it does at the box office. Because, you know, with Eternal Sunshine and all that stuff, yeah. you know, he's starting to become a... Re- he's a reason why people will go and see the film, which is so rare with a writer or a yeah. director in the grand scheme of things. And it came out, and it was the masterpiece that it should have been, but I think, like, no one went to see it. Yeah. I mean, for a start, it was called Synecdoche, New York. The title was a mistake, and the length, it's off-putting that it's three hours or something. Oh, my God, but imagine if it was shorter. It is just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just... Per- I'm so intimidated and in awe of it. And also there's something about it. I was talking with someone the other day. You know this about it. You must know this because you're obsessed with it. That it started from, I don't know who the producer was, but some producer wanted to do like a horror. And, right, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. went to him and said, what would you do with a horror film? And that's what he yeah, wrote. Yeah. He's, he there's wrote a little a f- passage about that in this, in the, there's, there's a book, the, the script book of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but it makes complete sense. Yeah, and it's fear of death and illness and... Completely, and lo- and being lonely, yeah. and just like, and again, such a huge influence for me. Like, it's that yeah. my thing is like a per is like a cross between that and like a, a horror film, like that because that I made that short, yeah, not sort of boring talking about my own stuff, but just yeah, like the, how much of an effect it had. And it's funny, it was sky horror shorts. That's why I made yeah. that thing. And my understanding of what a horror thing is is something that just makes you feel sick with yeah. how like horrible a crisis the person is going through and the thing that's so like no no it's what you're here for is that he his whole the whole film he's obsessed with i'm ill i'm dying i'm ill i'm dying i must have cancer i must have this Mm. i must have this and in fact he outlives everyone in the whole film every single person that he cares about he is older than them and they all die and he was never ill he actually was incredibly well but he could never the whole film is this it's this attempt to live in the moment and be present and be happy and be yeah god it's fucking brilliant yeah so i think i don't know i sort of didn't want to give that as my answer because i think it's it feels pretentious to say it's and i think because film. of the title i think that there's contenders like i think city of god and shawshank uh, redemption yeah are two of the best like when i think of like the perfect like hollywood film the shawshank redemption yeah but when i think of like the best story told like when again you think like vastness and like a world i think that city of god is like yeah a phenomenal bit of work it's just Mm. ridiculous how much time it covers and how many great characters there are in it and the the way the narrative is so fractured but 
hangs together like nothing else. It's amazing. Yeah. That was my one I carried around with me as a teenager to be like, fucking watch this, mate. This is fucking cool, which makes me cool because I'm, <laughs> because I'm holding it. Although it used to like, I was used to, I think the people, people always align themselves with stuff like that, especially yeah. as a teenager. It's like when you like a band, it's like, you never guess who I like. The Strokes. <laughs> Therefore, you said it, everyone together. He's cool. He technically made that music because he likes it. Yeah. yeah. I saw Reservoir Dogs. You seen it? That's what, that was me at school. <laughs> you just, that, that, that sentence. I saw Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> uh, at midnight. <laughs> Sorry, at midnight. That was your answer to when they called your name in the register. Okay, David. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Brett. I saw Reservoir Dogs at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> what else? So that's a really good answer. I'm so happy with it because I fucking love that film and I've watched it a lot and it isn't, it's not easy, but I think what probably why it might be definitely a contender for greatest. You're right. There's fucking so much in it. You could watch it a hundred yeah. times, and there's more and more. And oh, more. and performances as well. Yeah, yeah. and Diane Feast. Yeah, Oof. I mean Samantha Morton as well. Yeah, just yeah. And I always love seeing. I always love seeing a British person in a yeah in something that cool. And there's a wonderful running sort of weird joke that they go looking for apartments and the estate agent, oh, estate agent shows, shows around the house that's on fire. It's always on fire. And she goes, do you have any questions? Yes, I'm slightly worried about the fire. I'm so, I'm slightly worried I might die in the fire. Yeah. There's that bit that's so funny. They're in therapy, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Catherine Thingy. Mm. She's like, I want you to be completely honest with him. And she's oh, like, God, and yeah. she's like, I just can't stop thinking about uh, like I find sometimes she says something like I, the other, I just find myself really frequently fantasizing about you dying. Yeah, and the therapist is like, and how does that make you feel? And he's like, yeah, so bad. Yeah, and there's a line so in it, bad. and I forget that that's where it's from. That I think about, or maybe every day, and I always worry that this is what relationships are. That there's a scene quite early on where he and his wife are sort of having a chat, and he says that like, do you not love me anymore, or something like that, and she says. You know, it's not your fault. Everyone's disappointing once you get to know them. Oh, yeah. Everyone's disappointing once you get to know them. Oh, And how true, though. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You always think about that. Like, I was talking to someone about that. Someone was... I was out with someone yesterday who was saying that about like, historical figures. You could yeah. deconstruct, like, that every hero probably yeah. was doing something a bit dodgy. Mm. Apart... I, I, do, I, have, I don't do anything. Yeah, apart from you. I don't do anything. Uh, I do nothing to avoid doing anything bad. Don't like to be negative on this. What's the worst film ever made? With this answer, I will just spring to the first thing that springs to mind. And I'll also, I won't say my honest answer for it. I'll okay. say my worst experience of watching a film. Okay. When I was in Cyprus, I went, I went on holiday to Cyprus with my sister. Yeah. And my dad palmed me off on a cousin of mine uh, one evening. He's like, go out with, go out with, I won't say his name. Go out with me. And uh, the one cinema in Cyprus. When my friends, when people ask me from Cyprus, oh, where did your, my dad used to live there? And they go, where does your dad live? In Cyprus. I go, near the cinema. <laughs> the whole of Cyprus. Right. Anyway, so my dad was like, go out with him this evening. He'd love to take you out. It's, it's an odd guy, this guy. And uh, we're in the car on the way there. He goes, uh, what do you want to see then? And we're like, oh, God, uh, I don't know if, uh, what what's on. And he goes... Who got this? What do you want to see? Have you seen three? Three? There's a film called Three. He's like, yeah, or six. I'm like, what? A cinema? Are we, are we going to like a, a cubist cinema? <laughs> Don't even know what I mean by that. Um, I'm like, uh, okay. 
I don't know. And then we got to the cinema mm. and on the posters, they're just massive numbers over the films. Wow. And there's and we overheard like loads of Greek people going, apparently three is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen one? And uh, and there are all these things I like. I remember it was like my super ex-girlfriend and okay. Pirates of the Caribbean 2 or something. And uh, we went up to the thing and my cousins, before we'd even had a chance, he's at the till going, four, three tickets for four, please. Which was The Lake House. Starring oh, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves and, and, and it's about a, a time two people who live in the house about a hundred years apart or something, yeah. and they find that they can send each other love letters. Yeah. And it was so boring and shit. <laughs> just like nothing. Like I just something I would never even. You know, there are certain shops that you that are near your house that you pass for fifteen years, and mm. you just would never even know they exist unless someone was like, "Look at that now." Yeah. Like, it's just a film that I would never even knew. It would have just come and gone and I would never have known. But somehow I was sat in there watching it. And uh, my cousin mm. <laughs> left after 20 minutes to go, I'm just going to get a little coffee. Does anyone want a coffee? I'm like, you can go for a coffee? I know there's not a coffee shop in the cinema, so you're going to have to go to the shop. During number four? Yeah. So he goes for a coffee, mm. doesn't come back for an hour and 10 minutes, and then he comes back. And I'd like been trying to make myself go to sleep because I was so bored. And he comes back and he goes, what did I think? And I'm like, it's the worst film I've ever seen. He goes, really? I think it's quite good. <laughs> and then oh, when he dropped shit. us off, he didn't drop us off at our house. Mm. He dropped us off on the motorway, just opened the door and went, okay, now. And got, we went, what? And then he went, hey, do you do like fish? And I went, uh, not really, no. And then he drove away. And we never saw him again. <laughs> I'm not sure I did. Just crashed his car into a wall. If you like fish. <laughs> what is the film that you could you could or have watched the most over and over again? The film I have watched over and over again is probably something like Speed when I was a kid, just <laughs> chaining it. But the, I, I don't think I could do that over and over again now. Inglorious Bastards oh, really? springs to mind. I just think Tarantino is... I, I know that, that he's got some, there's some questionable stuff floating around about him. Yeah. But I just, I think that he is a, a stamp of quality to me. If, yeah. when, if he's got, I just love everything he's ever made so much. Mm -hmm. And I think Inglorious Bastards is the height of that. I just think that if a film has quality dialogue mm -hmm. the whole way through, which is what defines his films, I think, more so than the blood and stuff, I think yeah. that it's just his very unique thing that no one else does. And it's like, it's, you, people could try and imitate it, but it will never be dampened because you can't imitate it because it just it's just him mm -hmm. that does it but yeah Inglorious Bastards to me it's just yeah yeah point of making is good dialogue I think doesn't get old I think if the film is reliant on plot being shocking throughout you can get bored because when you watch it again yeah. it's like well you're not shocked by it anymore but if the dialogue holds up the whole way through like and his oh yeah he's very masterful with that I just think that also a, a unique take on war is welcome yeah i, I, I know it's like sad it's crap and i always worry about the, the morality of benefiting off of that stuff but i guess the whole redemption aspect of it is quite refreshing and questionable and yeah it, yeah it's all, you, question yeah. all questionable but it's really in a way in the end i think i don't know if I, how i feel about it in in the i guess it's kind of silly but it's also as a film it's really satisfying to see Hitler get killed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and totally. Like, it's a really, like, yeah. 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 And maybe that's very bad. I don't know the sort of ethics of doing that, but 
I would be lying if I didn't find it a really exciting... Yeah, I think if, in my heart, if I'm completely honest, I'm like, well, why not have an example of that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's we've like, got enough other... Right. It's like, it, it's galvanising. And in a way, it worked as a twist, because you are watching the film going, well, I mean, Hitler's going to go away, and he doesn't. Mm. And it's a real twist. You go, oh, I wasn't expecting that, because of the whole, what happened in real life thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I think that it's, yeah. I, but then that, but what that does is it... it, it stamp it like solidifies it as like okay this is complete fiction yeah don't worry about it yeah but then there's all you know there are so many there are so many that have that the repeat watch quality about them and i don't mm. know what it is that makes a film that i think the dialogue maybe yeah. weirdly goodwill hunting's one i just can't get enough of i love that film i think i just find matt damon very satisfying in it just as a man <laughs> i just like looking at him in it what a satisfying fella yeah good fellas is one it's an actually new york i've watched a billion times yeah mm, great what is you know you're in comedy you're very funny you make funny stuff Thanks, man. what's the funniest film what's the film that made you laugh the most i just think it's so rare that that ever happens yeah I just don't love many comedy films i think that the most i've laughed mm. at a film is we came together Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think it's like... But that, I think it sits in a completely different... It's almost not a film because it's such a parody. Yeah. Like, it's like the sort of... It's, it's sort of an equivalent to, like, Scary Movie or something, <laughs> as far as, like... It's like a highbrow Scary Movie. It's yeah. like a highbrow Scary Movie, exactly. That, to me, it, it's like... It feels like it's only just a film. It's basically just a long sketch. Yeah. But I think it's also because I smoked weed the night that I watched it and I hadn't done for like two years and I I just had the best time and I I don't necessarily always piss myself laughing I don't mm. remember always finding films really funny when that was the case but I was like at the time I felt like it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life in that memory I haven't seen it since um so that and I think super bad is pretty amazing yeah I don't know if it has repeat mm. value but I think it stands up. I just think Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill's chemistry is yeah. lovely. And there's so... At the time, I think it was such a unique voice that I think has been done enough now that you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer to that. I think We Came Together Stoned is a great answer. Yeah. That's I mean, I think, I think oh, I love... Like, there are so many comedy films that I love but I don't find that funny. Like, all of Michael Winsbottom and, and, yeah. and Steve Coogan stuff, I think is incredible. 24-Hour Party People is perfect i love mm. a cock and ball story yeah anchorman i think is genius talladega night stepbrothers all great stuff but i don't know what it is but i don't chuckle my head off that's okay mm. i appreciate your honesty you're in comedy you're miserable <laughs> you've been a wonderful guest thanks bro uh, thanks Lovely for coming on now when you popped outside to check on that hullabaloo that was caused by a tweet <sighs> uh, and everyone was whacking around oh don't remind me there was all that hubbub killed me and you got nicked when you got nicked on the head and you fell to the floor, they just, no one even noticed. They carried on whacking around and your body got sliced into hundreds of bits of splattered all over the street, right? But no one, it was like, it looked like, you know, that tomato throwing thing that they do in Spain. And no one even noticed. Your body was splattered, splattered, splattered. And when finally, what? the person who sent that original tweet did a, a video apology where they said, I'm so sorry I did that tweet. I they, know, they found out what happened to me. Then, well, no, no one knew you were dead yet. Right. They just said, I'm sorry I did that tweet. I'm sorry, of course, yeah. that's your hubbub. I don't mean what I said. I appreciate oh, that I, I've offended everyone. And I now understand my actions have consequences and words hurt people. And I'm so yeah. sorry. 
And then there was a few more essays, some saying that apology wasn't enough, some saying that apology wasn't mm. enough. About a couple of weeks passed and then something else happened and everyone forgot about it. Whoa. When everyone finally calmed down about that and moved on to the next thing, they looked out in the street and your body was fucking, not only splattered, but it already started rotting. Are you joking? Yeah, it was awful. It was quite bad. And I, because I, I was like, where's Jamie? We haven't seen him in a while. Right, yeah. And we knocked on your door and your flatmate was watching Phantom Fred again. He said, oh, oh, he yeah. said I put Phantom Fred on because I thought it would like draw him Literally back in. Back, yeah. But he's not come back. And then I was like, do you see yeah. that bit on like the doorstop? It's got his eyebrow because I've got my, it looks like one of my eyebrows, but I've yes. got both of mine on. So it wasn't one of yours. So I knew it was yours. And then we found bits of you all over. Anyway. Right. We basically, all of us scrape up bits of you from all over the street. And right. some people found it in their hair from the hubbub and stuff like that. So there's shit everywhere, I'll be How honest. How are you riffing all this? It's not just, <laughs> it's not just you. Masterclass. It's bits of like pebble, yeah. bits of... <laughs> Some of it went in the bin, there's a bit of dog shit, I'm sorry, but you know, they you were attracted to the to fridge. <laughs> and they, anyway, we scraped it all yeah. together, bits of you, bits of dog shit, bits of hedge, some post, right. all sorts, some mulch, mm. uh, leaves, because it was autumn. Anyway, we managed to pack you into the coffin. But unfortunately, because of all the extra stuff that was stuck to you... I've left your flat, by the way. <laughs> the extra stuff that was stuck to you, it's absolutely ramo. It's ramo in the coffin. There's no, <laughs> there's no room in there. Mate, let no. me go to heaven. There's please. only room in there for one DVD. Right. We're going to slip it in the side and take it with you. And on the other side, there's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you going to take to show everyone? I was going to say this is England, because I love it so much. And I, it's a big influencer style wise mm -hmm. for the stuff I'd like to try and make but a bit bleak yeah, a bit for heaven so I thought what is is a toss up weirdly and they're both docs because I think that documentaries are the more are more uplifting because they actually mean something and it's between yeah do you know what? I was going to say nothing like a dame but not that because that's about life yeah. not about death uh, that doesn't mean anything uh, <laughs> mine's his next goal wins have you seen that? It's a documentary about the worst international football team in the world. Oh, oh, next goal wins. I thought you said next girl wins. No, no, no. no. Yes, yes, next goal wins. Next yes. goal wins. Yeah, that that I I watched and then I watched again and I watched again. I watched it three times in a row. It was just so euphoric and lovely ah. and funny and charming and brilliant. And I think that it's not necessarily something that everyone's watched. You're the first person to take a documentary. What a guy. Well, I'm not. If I, you know, I like a doc, but I'm not. I, I think that that is what everyone's going to be wanting in heaven because it's in line with this, the heavenly qualities. It's a great answer. And I think in a way they're relieved you didn't take a film about anxiety and death that you've watched seven Oh, years. yes. Next year New York is being left on earth for everyone to treasure. Yeah, because you now got to heaven and be like, oh, I didn't need that. I didn't need all that anxiety. Mm. But nothing like a dame is very good. That's the actors. It's the, the thing about the Judy Dench and, and yeah. uh, Maggie Smith and everyone. Roger Michelle. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Lovely. Well, Jamie Dimitri. Uh, yeah. What an absolute joy you've been. Thanks, Thank you man. so much. Likewise. I think you'll find from the feedback you get from this that you should be yourself more often. It's not so bad. Um, Thanks, it's man. a shame you died on the day you found that out. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for coming. Enjoy yourself in heaven. Is there anything you need to plug or say before you go? Oh, I'm going to the pub in a bit. He's going to the pub, so if anyone wants to... I'm actually not. He really isn't. He's going yeah. home to watch Phantom Fred again. Yes, please. Uh, thank you for being here, and good day to you. Cheers. Goodbye. So that was the end of the episodes that have been the Rewind Classics for now. What a classic. Wasn't it a classic, though? Do you know what I mean? It was a classic in a way, wasn't it? Anyway, Jamie Dimitrio, what a funny boy. 
watch all this stuff. He's fucking brilliant, you know that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lytham for the photography. Come and join me next week for a new episode of Films to be Buried with. But in the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.